0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. This
1: episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than 7 days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Grand Leyenda takes great pride in introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit granleyendatequila.com. Grand Leyenda, the official tequila of the East West Football Podcast. You must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. This is how it works. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Make sure you use promo code EastWest when you sign up and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of at least $20. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store, Google Play Store, or by visiting their website, ThriveFantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today.
2: Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your
1: ultimate prize. Defense wants championships.
0: Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now, here is your host, Fidel Barraza.
1: Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast, Jerry Kendall. It's been a while. How are you guys
0: doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. I'm happy to be back. It's been a long time, man. Just like we're just starting fresh again and i miss miss both you guys let me let's get let's get better let's get back to it man
2: it's crazy right because when we're recording this right now march 8th we our first episode is march 2nd it's a very surreal moment we've seen i mean we've been through uh 2020 i know it affected a lot of people but the east west football whole entire family i mean it just it help us reach uh, some big milestones, and we're not we're not done here. Uh, this is just the beginning, and uh, man, it feels good to be back. Though, well, I mean, I know I know that we took a a small break just to kind of regroup and whatnot, but we're back, and uh, let's get back to work, gentlemen.
1: Yes, welcome to season three of the East West Football Podcast. We hope you're ready for all the great content we're going to provide for you. And now let's cover the latest headlines around the shield. And now your headlines around the shield presented by Grand Leander Tequila. The Los Angeles Rams traded starting quarterback Jared Goff and two first round draft picks in a third to the Detroit Lions in exchange for Matthew Stafford. It's a massive price for the Rams to pay, but they were clearly set on moving on from golf after he struggled in 2019 and 2020. The trade comes less than two years after Goss signed a massive four-year $134 million contract with the Rams, which is through 2024. All right, guys, let me get your thoughts on this.
2: I mean, when you look at it, I'm I'm sorry, right? I mean, as much as we as as much as we'd love to give oh man, Sean McVay all the you know, I mean, look, he deserves all the all the praise and all the love and whatnot. But when you, when you stop and you look at it, that his, his quarterback as the Rams quarterback, right, and I'm not talking about Matt Stafford, he had several limitations. I mean, if you look at it, he couldn't really do a, a drop back. I mean, he just kind of sit stand there and kind of like, you know, would wait for his receiver to get open, and then McVay would have to actually tell him where to throw the ball. So, I mean, when you add, you know, Matt Stafford into the equation – and it adds a different element. I mean, you got somebody that knows how to play the quarterback, still has a strong arm, uh, has been in the league for a few years now. I mean, he's still he's still one of the toughest competitors out there. But, man, I mean, when you stop, you look at it, what happens if this doesn't work? That's my biggest question. If this doesn't work, right, because Stafford has never been to – a uh, number one, Stafford has not been to, I mean, not even a, a conference championship and or a Super Bowl. So if this experiment doesn't work out, does that mean that Sean McVay is on the uh, hot seat?
1: Well, they definitely put all their chips in the middle of the table now with uh, the inquiring Matthew Stafford. I mean, to me, it's kind of Super Bowl bust for the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Yep. I, um, I completely agree there, Richard Fidel and, and you two, Jerry. I think um, the Rams won this deal for right now because, you know, yeah, I know Stafford, you know, he's in, he's in his 30s or whatnot, but the Rams are ready to win now. They're pretty young on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they got the dub, they got Donald, and they got some pieces of there on offense. Um, I just think Stafford's going to make them be a better team for right now. Goff wasn't really getting it done yet. He did get them to a Super Bowl. But I think from, from, from the Rams' standpoint with Stafford, I think this is probably the best team Stafford's ever been around football all around like he has a running game he has a defense he got playmakers on the outside he doesn't have to do it all by himself like he had to do in Detroit so I think the Rams I see when they made this deal I think the Rams are top 14 in, in the NFC instantly I think the I think the Rams will be there um from the from the Detroit Lions standpoint I think in the long haul it's going to look better for Detroit they got these first round they, and they, they have to hit with these first with these picks. But they got they got they got these first round picks. I think they have to get a wide receiver, because I think their top three wide receivers are all free agents. So and, and, I've, and I've been hearing that they might tag um, Kenny Galladay and break him back. But still, that's still one. Galladay's um, Marvin Jones a free agent, and Denim um, Adolle he's out of door. He's a free agent. Who knows where they're going to go? So um, Detroit has to, I think, and they got a third this year. I believe was a third. Right,
2: it was
0: going to
1: be. It was two first, and then a, a third as well.
0: For this, yeah, yeah, so Detroit, they got they they have some things that they got to do. They got a new they got a new coach in there. So um, it's two teams going in two different directions. So it to be interesting to see, I don't think Detroit's going to go quarterback in the first round. I've know seen some so they still might go quarterback. But I think golf is golf is going to be their guy for right now. They're going to try to build that team around them, and you know we'll see how it goes. But I definitely think initially in the short term, the Rams got they got the better end of this deal.
1: The Philadelphia Eagles traded quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second round draft pick that could turn into a first rounder. The Colts now have the replacement for quarterback Phillip Rivers, and the Jalen Hurts era in Philadelphia has officially started.
0: Yeah, uh... This this is a great deal for court, for um the Colts. I think I mean I think we we I think us three and everybody else, we thought this probably was the best fit. I know it was some rumors that maybe he would go to Chicago or I even heard the Patriots or somebody else, but I think it's a good it's a it was it's a great fit for Wentz. He gets re, um, reunited with um Frank Weiss or whatnot in Indianapolis. They got some pieces there with Michael Pittman and they got the running back Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, um Alley Cox and Jack Doy tight end. Um, I believe is Dola is Jack Dola a free agent? I don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure. No, uh, I'm th- not sure. I'm double check. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, they 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 he, they got some weapons there, and um, I think they need to add another playmaker. But I think this is a match made in heaven for Carson Wentz. Um, the great offensive line, and I think Frank watch is going to be able to get the best out of Carson Wentz there. I think on um, Carson Wentz, I think I think he's like, he's going to be out to play the big chip on his shoulder, um. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be fueled. I mean, he's gonna be motivated. I think it's a great deal for the um for the coach. Great deal for Carson Wentz. Um, the Eagles on the other hand, I just, I mean, it looks like they want to go for Jalen Hurts, and I, I mean, I don't think they have an, have no other choice. I mean, they, they just be. I guess they want to build a team around Hurts and see what he can do. But I, I do, I like what the um what the coach are going. I like I like the direction they're going. I think Carson Wentz, he's gonna play good this year.
2: Yeah, because it it was insane, right? Because they 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 took on. The largest cap hit, I believe, in the process. Right, I'm talking about the Colts here. Um, but when you stop and you look at it, yes, I mean Carson Wentz had his best years, right, with having Frank Wright. But <clears throat> when you stop, you look at it like, wow, what a brilliant job by the Indianapolis Colts. I think that they they did not waver, they did not give up that first round. Now I understand that the, the that the 2022 selection. Could escalate to a first round, but still one first round pick and a second round pick for, you know, a potential MVP type quarterback. Wow, I'll tell you this. The Colts are just – they just know they have team building 101 down to the T in this, in this new era. And I think the way the Colts are, you know, they're in the up – they're in the uptrend right now as far as, you know, everything was just coming together so smoothly with the running game. Yeah, they put the offensive line. They still need a couple pieces. I think they had a, retire, a retirement in the left tackle position. But still, you know, they got Quentin Nelson still relatively young. You know, they had their, their running game starting to step up. And then the wide receivers were starting to look good. I know that T.Y. Hilton might not be back this this season. But still, when you look at it, a defensive line is just hitting on all cylinders. They got the right offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Man, the Colts are going to be a team to watch out. I'm not saying it's going to be immediate impact. Uh, well, it has the possibility to be immediate impact. But I'm just saying overall, when you stop, you look at it like long term. Watch out. The Colts have their quarterback of the future From what from what it looks like. And They look like a team that's going to be up there, and man, how crazy, right? The AFC look how stacked they are now with, with star quarterbacks, it's insane!
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, to me, I mean, it was a win win situation for Indianapolis. They knew that Carson Wentz wanted to go there. He, the other team that was in on this, you know, on the trade for Carson Wentz was the Chicago Bears. Uh, but you know, rumors came out, um, saying that Carson didn't want to go there, he didn't like their offensive line, he wanted to play in the cold, he wanted to play with Frank Wright and the Indianapolis Colts, and the Eagles had no choice but to trade him there. So. Um, That was a great job by the Colts, you know, not giving up too much. But also, you're getting a return, a potential franchise quarterback. Let's not forget, a couple years back, he was having an MVP season until he tore his ACL against the Los Angeles Rams. So um, we'll see what Indianapolis does, but they're definitely a team that's ready to win now. Offensive lineman Isaiah Wilson is getting a new start with a fresh franchise following a disastrous rookie campaign. Wilson, the 2020 first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. NFL insider Ian Rapoport reported on Monday the Titans are sending Wilson a 2022 seventh round pick to the Dolphins for a 2021 seventh rounder.
0: That's that's a very interesting trade right there because I think at all the mock drafts I've seen they had um, the Dolphins taking um, the tackle out of uh, I won't say They they had they had they had him they had, they had, they had, they had, they had the, all the mock drafts I've seen they said. They had him going either there or to Cincinnati, or or nevertheless they had the Dolphins um, getting some offensive offensive line help for two there. So now with them making this trade with the Titans, what do the Dolphins do now? Do they maybe they go wide receiver? So maybe they go you know Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith there. It's gonna be interesting to see how it how that domino effect, how's that going? How's that going to change how um Miami's thinking there when they pick. Uh, so I wanna, I want to. want to get to Jerry right now. I want to see Jerry. What do you, How do you think that? How you think that goes for them?
2: Man, honestly, I don't know. I just think that uh, with from what I was hearing with Isaiah Wilson, he only played in four games, and the Titans were not. And I repeat, not they were not satisfied with the performance that he put out there, and that's why he only played four games. They uh, and they said they did a lot of homework on him, and you know, honestly, he did look like a good prospect coming out but he just did not live up to the bill and um, for them to to go ahead and do this there's a lot of links to it i believe Ryan Flores and um and, and Isaiah Wilson Wilson went to the same high school i believe that's the ties so they went ahead and i think they gave up i think what was it, the 7th round pick in return to to get him there so i mean they have Austin Jackson already uh, the left tackle they got in the first round he actually played relatively good last year. So, I mean, when you stop, you look at it, I mean, does it have any kind of implications in the draft? Well, no, not necessarily, because when you look at it, where the Dolphins are are picking thanks to the Texans, I mean, when you got Penny Sewell, I mean, you can literally – I mean, Penny Sewell or even the quarterback situation, I think this is going to be one of the craziest drafts because either it could either be so many trades or there could be no trades in the, in the top 10. So this is where it gets really crazy. But I'll tell you this, if if they see it there, obviously Miami right now, they have their problems at quarterback, right? Because you have the locker room t- uh, talking about Tua, uh, Brian Flores talked about or people were uh they were kind of saying that he was that the coach Flotus wasn't really all in and wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick more than Tua. So there's just so many storylines in Miami. They're, they're also in the right path, right? They're on their way up. So this is going to be some interesting storyline. I think if anything, they got him as a swing tackle in hopes to uh, get Isaiah Wilson as a, uh, um, anything like a swing tackle, maybe that can be, maybe can become a starter down the line.
1: The Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott have officially agreed on a new contract. Let's go to Jerry with the details.
2: Yes, so it's uh, four years. It's uh, Right now the numbers say 160. It could escalate to uh, 164 million. But uh, it's 66 million at signing, and uh, it's uh, 75 million on the first year. Uh, Basically (laughs) – yeah, so in the first three years, he is fully guaranteed $126 million. So, yeah, uh, Dak Prescott just became uh, one of the most wealthiest uh, quarterbacks in some time. I believe his market is – his annual salary for the first three years is going to be about $42 million. So he's going to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks as well. And then year four um, – he'll he'll have an annual salary of 34 million, but he'll be at the tender age of 31. And uh, interesting uh, some interesting uh, nuggets that he that you that we see in the actual contract is he has a no trade clause in there and a no franchise tag clause in there. So he definitely owns his own rights after the fourth year.
1: Well, Jerry, let me start off with you. Let me get your thoughts. I mean, you as a Cowboy fan, I mean, are you happy? Like, what are your emotions when you read the report that he signed I'm, a contract?
2: Honestly, after seeing that gruesome um, ankle injury and, and being able to go back and watch film on him, uh, especially last year to this year, uh, even to the year before, like his progression as, as a player, as a leader, it's it's second to none. I'll tell you this much right now. Uh, in the beginning, I was kind of maybe one of his more harsh critics, uh, but I will say this. I mean, as what I've seen on tape is I see a quarterback that understands his limitations, but also understands his strengths, and he's really he's really developed himself to being a better quarterback. I mean, you can see, I mean, people were mocking him when he was doing, you know, it looked like a dance, right? <laughs> Which is the hip dance and whatnot, but actually, that's actually perfect form for any quarterback. I mean, literally, you're if you're right-handed, if you're let's just give you, I'm giving you a quick example. If you're right-handed, you, that left elbow should not that left elbow should not be used. That left elbow should stay in its place, close to the, close to the quarterback's chest, but in the direction of his of his receiver that he's throwing it to. So uh it, it's crazy because when you look at his tape, he's throwing he's throwing with perfect technique. And I just think that from here on out, I think Dak is gonna get better and better because he understands his limitations and he works towards his strengths. He does he's not trying to be anybody else but himself and uh well deserved. Um I'm grateful this is done with and it's over with. Um uh the one thing that was really annoying was uh hearing people saying like you know, oh, he's not going to sign. They're he, the Cowboys are not going to sign him. They're going to lose him. And, uh, that that was one of the most annoying things ever. I mean, I was hearing today like, oh, the Cowboys are not going to sign him. Besides, he they're in field for Justin Fields. I mean, to me, I I mean, I understand. I hear it, and yeah, there is a possibility that could have happened, but. I mean, right now you have all the pieces in place. I don't think Dak wants to play anywhere else, but Dallas.
0: Kendall. Yes, it's, Um, I'm just happy for, you know, you guys know I'm a big sports talk show fan. So oh, I love man. watching my shows and whatnot Skip and skipping Shannon and first take it. I mean, and et cetera. I'm glad I don't have to hear, hear them talk about this no more. Now, of course, they're going to talk oh. about for the next couple of days the details yeah. of the deal.
1: Because that's all you're going to hear um, when you turn on the TV.
0: Yeah, so, but um, as my buddy Skip Bayless says, "How about them cowboys, man?" I mean, it, it's it's a good day for to be a cowboy fan. I'm not a cowboy fan. I like I like the cowboys, but I'm not a Cowboys fan. But um, it's a good day to be a Cowboys fan. Good day to be in be in the state of Texas. Um, good day to be a Dak Prescott fan, even if you don't like the Cowboys. And I, I love Dak Prescott. I've had the pleasure to see him up close and in, in person, see him play a couple years ago. I mean, he's the real deal. Um, they got the talent around them. But the interesting thing is, I mean, they gave Dak this money, and whatnot. Now can they show us some things from that defense? Did how much money they're gonna have to spend there? Um Michael Gallup, I believe he's gonna be afraid after this upcoming season. So I mean, he, I mean, I, I doubt I I'm I'm gonna say I don't think he's going I don't think Gallup would be in Dallas after this season. I know we I'm going out on the lane now because it is really early, but I mean where they, I don't know how the hell they're gonna be able to pay him. But um the defense, I mean, Tank Lawrence, you eating up, he's getting a lot of money. Jalen Smith is that you know um, soon. is his contract, it's gonna be time to pay him. So I think Dallas um, going into this draft. I'm glad this is over. They can get over this right here, and they're going into the draft. And I think they're going. they need to address the the secondary situation, the secondary position, and get a corner, get a get a safety. Um, I think they're okay at linebacker. You always could use some depth. Um, get another pass rusher. But I think um this puts Dallas. I, it, it gives them another month and a half because the draft is only like a month or so away to focus on okay let's see what we can do and then we still got fridge that starts here in a few days well next week so i think uh, it's great timing but the camera didn't do it like jerry jones says um that, uh, that we, it was a good thing it was a thing he said deadlines makes deals or something like that but that's a good that's good for him to say whatnot but hey it, it's a, it's a great day to be a cowboy fan the great day to be a supporter of the cowboys and a fan of that prescott
1: well you are a cowboy fan though right you're a Cowboy fan, you're a Patriots fan. I mean, so I'll I'm say, sure.
0: I'll say, I'm a, I'll say I'm a Cowboy supporter, I'm not a fan. All
1: right, <laughs> but I mean, man, about damn time they finally signed Dak. Yeah. I mean, what was he a fourth rounder, Jerry? Yeah.
2: A fourth Stop. round pick. I'll say this: it's about Dak time, not yeah, I like that. Contract, about Dak time. It's about like when Dak his
0: contract time. is up. When, when his contract is up, he'll still only be thirty-one, so still relatively young. Yeah, so that's
2: what that's when everybody's gonna be making 50 million. Yeah, uh, side notes I, I believe there's two because franchise tag is tomorrow deadline, yes, and I believe there's two players already been franchise tagged Justin Justin Simmons uh, in and May and Marcus May.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I mean, if you're, you're the Cowboys, I mean, we already knew like Dak was gonna come back, right? Oh, yeah. Um He wasn't going to go, I mean, because look, there was a lot of rumors saying that the Washington football team was even, you know, possibly even after, you know, next year was going to try to sign Dak. I mean, to me, the the Cowboys didn't have any other option. I mean, how long did they struggle to find a franchise quarterback besides Tony Romo? And, you know, he got hurt at the end and, you know, Dak was a fourth round draft pick. So congratulations to him. He got how the young kids say he got the bag. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: And okay. did this Cowboys team is loaded. I mean, we we still forget they got an up and coming star coming back from injury. Um, this coming to Blake Jordan. he he's 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 coming back. So um, the the, the tight end for the Cowboys, he's coming back. He, w- he was on the Rams a couple of years ago. He, he got hurt in, in the seats of Oakland last year against the Rams. So I mean, I think the cow the Cowboys, they're I mean, they're they're, they're I think they're gonna be doing some big thing. They got skill all over that offense. They need to they gotta get that secondary um address, get it in the another corner. I've been hearing they might take certain. So this would be two years in a row. They took an Alabama corner, they got digs last year, and they, they compared him with certain that would be good. Or um even or even either um the guy from Caleb Fairley. They can they can get Caleb Fairley or whatnot. So I definitely think they have to get to get that secondary right because that defense was atrocious last year for the most part. But um, and then they got um they got Dan Quinn then. You know? Dan Quinn, there. He's 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 got a, He's their new defensive coordinator. I think the Cowboys do are on to some things. I want to see what they do in free agency. But the big question is is what with what money now? Because you just so you just that press card, out. so they're gonna do some restructuring there and free up a little bit of space. But I can't wait to see what's next for the Cowboys.
2: I, I will say this. I mean, in a nutshell, what what Kendall was saying is this year in the NFL draft, this is the year the Cowboys need to really focus and hit on every pick because going yeah. forward, you're going to be limited for, uh, you'll be limited this year and next year. And then after that, I think that you can get rid, re- you can, you can release certain players like Zeke, uh, because of the way they structured the contract after third year, he, it, the dead money's not that much and whatnot. And, uh, the same thing goes for, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the linebacker Jay uh, Jalen Ben, uh, not, not Jalen Smith. I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, so,
0: Jerry, real quick <laughs> Jerry. What What do you think this does for um for um, Michael Gallup's future?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see the Cowboys being able to resign Gallup, so Gall- they will lose Gallup in free agency next year.
1: Coming up next, wide receiver for the Arizona Rattlers isaiah houston will join us but first a word from our sponsor whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes lambs of god designs is a place to go check out the latest merch at lambs of use the promo code EastWest to get 10 percent off your order now back to the show Our guest tonight is a wide receiver in the IFL for the Arizona Rattlers, Isaiah Houston. How you doing?
3: Hey man. How you guys doing? Great. I appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on, man. I see you guys doing big things with this, so I'm glad to be on.
1: Isaiah, tell us about yourself and tell us about your story.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Isaiah Houston, obviously. I play a receiver for the Arizona Rattlers in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, part of the IFL. I'm actually born and raised in Phoenix, um, grew up here, went to high school at Border Creek High School, about 30 minutes north of Phoenix. From there, uh, I was all state athlete up there, played football, obviously went to Arizona State, um, spent a, th- a year there. Um, things didn't quite work out. So I ended up leaving and, uh, going to Arizona Christian University where my high school uh, head coach became the offense coordinator, in little NAIA school here in Phoenix. And, um, really just uh, had to kind of look myself in the mirror and kind of just figure out you know if I really wanted to pursue this football thing and make this my career and kind of give it my all and so um, I got really in touch with my faith while I was at Arizona Christian you know obviously being a Christian school but a, a lot of schools or I feel like when people hear that they think of like do's and don'ts and just real strict rules and stuff but credit the Arizona Christian, um, it, they kind of just explained to me just going to school there, you know, it's more of like a relationship with, uh, with God and with Jesus and stuff. So once I kind of established that for myself, then I kind of started to see my life kind of start to take off and kind of, you know, like the skipping class, um, just little things like that started, started to put those, you know, aside, had to focus up. And so um, that led to me Playing real well. I was an NAI All-American. Um, that was my junior season. Then going into my senior season, I was NAI, same thing, nominated preseason All-American. And um, after the first two games at Arizona Christian, my senior year, I had like 500 yards, five touchdowns. Like was going absolutely crazy those first couple of games. And that led to, I had some interest from the Detroit Lions, the Indianapolis Colts um the Lions actually came by the school and met with me twice those uh first two weeks of the season um and so I started you know get kind of excited like okay yeah if I keep doing what I'm doing man you know bright future is looking ahead and then uh come that third week um I was laying out for a post uh ball in practice caught the ball landed on the tip of the football freak accident lacerated my kidney and uh Yeah, at first they thought the wind had just got taken out of me, Um, but after, you know, that comes back after about 20, 30 seconds. Um, But this started to get worse and worse. And so I got taken to the emergency room. They uh, did an MRI, found out I had a level four kidney laceration on a scale one to five. So they actually uh, transferred me hospitals to trauma one hospital where they were planning to do surgery and I was going to have my kidney removed. And Kid you not, I was laying in the hospital bed after I got this news. And I had, I got a text from the Detroit Lions scout. And he was like, have you ever had any surgery before? Just like real quick question. And I was like, wow, like for me to get that text kind of right after the doctor came in and said, yeah, you actually have a level four kidney laceration. We're gonna have to do surgery. I was like, you know, a lot of emotions running through me and stuff. Cause I was being told I wasn't gonna be able to play football again um, having my kidney removed. And I have this NFL scout, you know, texting me, asking me about if I had any surgeries, which at the time I hadn't. So I had just said, no, even though I knew I was going to have surgery. (laughs) And so in the process of them transferring hospitals, um, I guess they lost the MRI, um, in the ambulance or something. So when I got to the other hospital, they couldn't do the surgery. So they put me in ICU, had to take another MRI there and when they did that one we wanted to download to the computer systems or something it was like weird stuff stuff that doesn't happen in hospitals and a couple probably two three hours go by and then um they finally get it working and stuff they're like oh well the bleeding stopped like kind of out of nowhere so we're gonna hold off a couple days and on the surgery and uh take another one and see what it looks like so a couple of days go by, they took another one. They're like, oh, well, it's actually starting to heal on its own already. So like, you're not going to need any surgery and stuff. And that's kind of how that whole situation played out um, at the hospital and stuff. And like I said, I'm big on my faith. And that definitely felt like some supernatural uh, intervention, you know, going on there. So from there, obviously, though, my senior season was cut short. I wasn't able to play um, any more games that year. And coming from a small school, you know, NAIA school, wanting to play in the NFL, you're going to have to do, you know, put up put up a lot of numbers and do a lot of big things to kind of get that interest. Um, fortunately, like I said, the Lions showed enough interest to end up giving me a workout, um, which I killed it. Uh, what's funny is it it was my pro day workout but my school doesn't have a pro day so I had originally had the scout request to see me participate at Arizona State and or Northern Arizona's pro days and for whatever reason both those schools uh said no they wouldn't allow me to participate which you know I thought was kind of odd considering I had went to Arizona State um for a year and also you know I'm a local kid my dad played ball at NAU but um, whatever you know uh, they wouldn't let me participate so the scout said you know I'll just come and put you through the workout myself so he came by put me through a pro day workout ended up 4-4 like 38 inch vertical 6 3 cone drill killed it you know killed the routes and stuff I was hoping to get into rookie camp with him unfortunately the scout you know he couldn't sell me to the gym enough so that didn't happen from there you know, I was kind of looking at the next step and I was seen running routes by a gentleman um, named Will Lewis, who was the player personnel for the XFL Houston franchise uh, two years ago when I was going, or last year. Um, And he liked me, uh, just saw me running routes one day up at ASU with a couple of NFL DBs. And he noticed me, called me over, asked me for my info and stuff. So that led to me getting put into the XFL draft and then uh, talked with like four of the f- or four or five teams. Um, all said, you know, coaches are interested in taking you. Keep your phone handy. Day of the draft. Uh, day of the draft comes. Nobody calls. Uh, feeling feeling kind of hurt. You know, I was excited um, having my senior season cut short. I was just wanted to get back playing a game and having the chance to play professionally. So that didn't happen. So then that kind of left me. Uh, Took me back to the drawing board, like Kendall said, kept posting my videos on LinkedIn, posted a video of me running routes uh, on Twitter, and tagged the Arizona Rattlers head coach, Coach Guy. He saw it, sent me a message, said, uh, camp starts in like a week, but we're having a workout on Saturday, uh, so come to it. So I went, um, it was an open tryout, and um, in the Rattlers' 34-year history, they hold open tryouts each year, but... I think only like eight guys uh, got brought to training camp from the open tryout. And so I was like the ninth or 10th guy um, to get brought to the training camp off of that open tryout. But then I actually ended up being like the second guy, second or third um, guy to actually make the team from the camp or the open tryout. So made the team with the Rattlers, was getting ready. This was March 2020 last year for our IFL season and that's when COVID kind of hit and got everything shut down. So they canceled the season. So that just left me another year to kind of train and just keep getting better and just kind of wait for my opportunity again. So that's kind of what I've been doing, um, just training, uh, training people and just waiting for my season, man. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of my little story how I'm here now.
1: Hey, well, I mean that's a that's a very interesting, unique story there, and obviously it's not finished yet. You still have a lot of chapters to you know to be written in. Um, but but let me ask you: so who who would you say that you mold your game the most after?
3: I would say honestly, uh, De- Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen. If you can watch, you know, their releases and the way they move, and I honestly feel like I I have that elite level of game and movement and releases and I can do that with the best of them and uh but also I feel like not to take anything away from uh or Kenan or Devontae say they're slow but I think I have a little bit more uh speed and quickness too even than I would say those guys not saying I'm better than those guys I'm just saying their game with a little bit more speed I guess
1: what would you say is your biggest strength
3: Yeah, I would say just being able to create separation consistently, whether, you know, they're playing press, they're off, man, it's on. Just being able to create separation, you know, every single play and just make plays and catch the ball. So that's definitely my biggest strength, my route running for sure.
0: Hey, what's going on, Isaiah? Appreciate you joining us. Yeah,
3: appreciate you having me on, Kendall. What's
0: up? Yes, sir, man. Uh, Speaking of a pickup right there with separation, I – Looking at your videos on all social media, not just LinkedIn, you get a ton of separation. And I seen you. I think I seen you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You was trying to play some DB. I think you was You had you posted a video. You was working out with somebody, and you You was trying to play DB, but you got some great feet work. I seen that. You kind of remind me of um, he Used to play for Green Bay. His last name is Kumaro, So he. You look just like him, really. He he, he used to play for Green Bay. His um. <laughs> I want to say he was number 16. I'm not, no, I think I think it was number 16. i I'm not yeah, the sure. Line. Yeah, you remind me of him. I watched him in college too. He's pretty good, and I'm surprised that green Bay let him go. What whatnot I actually did like him. But I, it just came to my mind since we're yeah. talking and you whatnot. But uh don't get offense, but no, like it's just it's just it one of my player calls and whatnot. You look yeah. you look like him and you play you play like him too. But um what I, I know for asked yeah, I know for ask you about your strength. What would you say your weakness is like? What would you want to improve on?
3: I would say the biggest questions uh, the scouts had on me and would just be, you know, obviously I'm not six, three, I'm not 220 pounds. So uh, just being physical in the blocking game, which, um, but the last kind of two years I've had to train, you know, I've kind of got my body to where it needs to be to be able to handle, you know, I'm deadlifting 525 pounds. um, Doing some pretty crazy stuff in the weight room right now. So, I would say just being physical and honing in on my blocking is probably the biggest area of concern that the scouts had and whatnot for me.
0: Are you comfortable playing the slot and outside or just a slot or just that's like where, where, where are you more comfortable with? Yeah,
3: so um, I'm comfortable doing both. Um, I know a lot of people, they probably think I just play slot or I'm a slot receiver, but. I definitely feel comfortable being on the outside. I like having that uh, corner pressed on me and just knowing it's one-on-one sometimes. And if I just beat him, because I'm confident I'm going to beat him every time. So I kind of like being on the outside. (laughs) I like that. I like that. And I feel like um, I can definitely play both at the next level. Um, So, yeah, it really doesn't matter to me. Let's move a little bit off the field. I see you worked that with Johnny
0: Football and and YouTube sensation Destroy. I love, I've been trying to get Destroy on for a while. He's a pretty good guy. Um, he, he's a good athlete. Oh, how is Johnny Football off the field? Is he like is he, Is he like this person that a lot of people don't like, or is he like how How is he? I know you you're close with him. and Y'all worked out,
3: right? So no, Johnny, he's a cool guy, man. I know you hear different things about him and stuff. And you know when I met first met him, he was a Definitely upfront about he didn't take things as seriously as he should have, but he's a very cool guy, man. Uh, down to earth, like we just talked, had casual conversations, like went out to zips, you know, the bar afterwards and stuff. So it's uh, he's pretty cool, uh, despite what you hear. Um, obviously, you know, he had his issues and stuff, but and we all do, so you know, appreciate that, babe. yeah, for sure.
2: Isaiah, I just want to say what what a story. I mean, or what a journey that you've been on. I mean, I think that when you look at it, I think that we can all learn from, you know, the what you just shared with us. It's just you continue just to to just do it, regardless of, you know, uh, the setbacks. You're still playing football right now. You're you're getting ready to play football. Right. And I think I think that's that's that that's one of the biggest things that I took away was like, look, he's still doing it regardless he's still playing football i know that nfl is the is the goal right and that's 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 the ultimate prize um right right i I mean let me ask you i mean if you don't if you don't get that shot in the nfl i mean what would what would be what what is it what do you think that you're gonna feel like or what is it that if you don't make it to the nfl
3: yeah um the emotion yeah, explain
2: yeah. it was, it was the emotion.
3: Had I gotten hurt and kind of just said, you know, oh, well, and kind of not kept playing like you said, I think it would have been definitely a lot of regrets and a a lot of looking back like, dang, man, I should have kept going. So th- the fact that I gave myself the opportunity just by even deciding, you know, um, I'm going to come back. Because after kidney laceration, I had lost like 30 pounds. I had to be in bed oh. for like four even though i didn't have surgery so wow. it was a and having that pro day workout with the lion scout come up i had about two three months to get ready and i had met my trainer who's my trainer now who's my videos and stuff i post he's always in there his name's chad ek he was a olympic lifter now he trains a lot of nfl and ufc athletes and stuff so he, he's really good at what he does And he got me back right in those two three months to where i needed to be and then um Just signing with the Rattlers now, like you said, still playing football is is just a blessing, to be real. And my ultimate goal is to play in the NFL because, you know, I know what my talent level and what I'm capable of is NFL caliber, is at the NFL level. Um, But if it doesn't happen, then I just know that means God got something else bigger for me, man. So I'll be all right at the end of the day. So that's it's all good.
2: Well said, Isaiah. So let me ask you, you said you actually went through uh, the – you actually went with through the – did you actually go through all the way with the Detroit Lions uh, trail?
3: So I was hoping to get brought to rookie minicamp with them. Um, the scout came down and worked me out. Um, but unfortunately, he really liked me. I put up great numbers and stuff, but th- he couldn't sell me enough to the GM because to the GM, he's just seeing my name on a list of paper. He never saw me run routes in person or whatnot. He just sees – Isaiah Houston, Arizona Christian, you know, NAI school. Oh, uh, he only played two games senior year. Then you got guys that went to Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, Florida State. Like, so it's definitely an uphill climb. And I kind of know that, um, which is why, you know, I, I just control what I can control and leave the rest mm-hmm. up to guys. So that's kind of where I'm at with it.
2: So, but explain it. I mean, because that, that seems to put a lot of pressure. I mean, you got an NFL scout that's actually there. Explain those. Explain every emotion that made it. I mean, was it a ton of pressure? Was it hard to sleep? I mean, explain that process.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I did my pro day training with my trainer, Chad. Like I said, he had Mm -hmm. six guys come out uh, running back. My boy, Jeremy from Louisville, my guy, John Ursula, who plays receiver for the Seahawks currently. He was out training with us a couple other guys and it was a grind man Um, up 6 a.m. every day, like two days, three days, whether that's weight room, you know, position work or speed work. And then doing all that. And I, at the time while I was going through that, I didn't have a pro day secured. Like I said, I was trying to participate in Arizona States or NAU's, and the lion scout sent emails to both requesting to see me. Unfortunately, you know, I wasn't allowed to participate. So I was kind of doing all that hard work not even knowing if I would even have the chance to showcase it. Um, fortunately, I did. The scout liked me enough to come by and work me out. And definitely, like, the night before, I'm, like, a little nervous just because it's like, okay, I've been training the last eight, nine weeks. I've been feeling good, you know, but but tomorrow's when it matters. You know, that's when you have to actually, you know, perform. And coming from a small school and in my situation, it definitely puts a little more pressure because I'm not – having multiple tries or attempts and thirty, forty scouts. You know, I got one scout here to watch me. So I have to impress him, which I felt like I definitely did. He felt like he told me I did a great job and he's gonna try his best to get me in the mini camp. Unfortunately it didn't happen. So uh but you know I'm still playing ball, still got a chance to pursue my dream. So it's all good. It's working out.
2: So let last question and uh this one I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the I'm going to be the head coach. Let's just say Dan, Dan Campbell, of the lions. Yeah. Isaiah, are you going to bring that intensity? Are you going to, are, am I going to be able to rely on you? Can you play special teams? What can you do for my team?
3: To answer your question, coach? Yes, yes. And yes. I'm definitely bringing the intensity. I can play special teams. I can play defense offense. Heck I might even be able to play quarterback to be honest with you, um, <laughs> but whatever needs to be done, I'll do it. Um, and I'm very coachable, very high football IQ, and just an all-around athlete. So whatever needs is asked, I can do. So to answer your question, yes.
2: <laughs> Isaiah, well, be ready because you're 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 gonna you're you're coming to the NFL. Thank you for coming on the show, man.
3: We'll do, man. Appreciate you,
1: Isaiah. A couple of things before we we'll let you go. Um, what would you like all the NFL GMs, head coaches that are listening to this podcast? What do you want them to know about you? If they decide, all right, we're going to give Isaiah Houston a shot. What is something unique about you that they should know?
3: I think first and foremost, you know, I think I've through my story, I've shown I can overcome a lot of adversity and uh, be able to remain comfortable while being uncomfortable. And I think that's needed, you know, at the high levels and high pressure situations and stuff. Just being able to remain confident and calm and just be able to perform when it's needed and also just you know my high level character the fact that I am a man of faith I, I do the little things I spend the hours in the weight room I spend the hours training I've done this I've trained with NFL DBs every off season I know what that caliber is and I definitely put in the work and take the time that's necessary to be able to succeed when you know th- those lights come on Isaiah, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Yeah, Instagram, it's at I underscore Houston seven. And then on Twitter, it's just Isaiah Houston seven. So you should be able to find me either or. All right,
1: Isaiah, thank you so much again. And hopefully catch uh, catch up with you down the road.
3: Definitely, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Continue doing Yes, it. sir, Isaiah. Yep. Thank you.
1: Coming up next, we'll talk about some quarterbacks that might be on the move here soon. But first, a word from our sponsor. Whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes, Lambs of God Designs is a place to go. Check out the latest merch at lambsofgod.faith. Use the promo code EastWest to get 10% off your order. Now, back to the show. Earlier on the podcast, we talked about some quarterbacks that have been traded already. But there's still a couple out there that I might be looking for a new team to play with. First one that comes to mind is Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. My question to you guys is, will Deshaun Watson be traded? Let's start out with Jerry. Jerry.
2: They do not trade him. I think that right now they hold all the cards. If they want, they pretty much own him and the rest of his NFL career. I, I mean, I would hope, I would hope that the Texans would have a little bit more. <clears throat> like, how do I? What's the right word? What's the, what's the uh, proper word I'm looking for? You would hope that that the Texans just understand, like you know what. This is our opportunity to to gain assets back from what we lost and do a complete rebuild with the vision of the owner and the vision of the uh, and of the GM and the and the vision of the coach that they brought in because obviously they all three of them are in harmony with each other except for Deshaun Watson so I mean ideally I don't I, I wouldn't want to trade him. I mean, if I owned it, regardless of what he said about me and I was the owner, I wouldn't want to trade him. He's, he's, he's a playmaker, man. He's, yeah. he sells, he sells jerseys. He puts, yeah he puts seats. So, I mean, I don't see them making any kind of move right now. Um, I, I just don't see it, but I know that if they do try to make a move anywhere else, I know he has a no trade clause. So this could be, this could get really messy.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, unpopular opinion, but you're right. The Texans don't have to trade him. I mean, he just signed his contract back in September. I mean, the question is what happened from then to now? Um, He's actually – well, not him uh, specifically, but I believe his agent has came out and uh, named some teams that he would prefer to play with, Uh, one of them being the Miami Dolphins and the other one being the New York Jets.
0: I think as we get close to the draft – well, the first answer to the question, I think they are going to trade them. I think as we get close to the draft, this story is going to heat up, and it's, it's going it's to heat up quick. So as soon as Freddie dies down a little bit, we get probably about around about the middle of April, so within the next month. I think they're going to trade them, and if I, had to, if I had my pick, I would say they're going to trade to the Jets, because the Jets and the Dolphins are, are the only teams that have the ammo to, to acquire them. So I think um they're going to end up to trade them to the Jets. Some teams will get desperate. They're going to throw in a couple of extra picks, and the um that the, the Texans they're gonna lose their sting. They're gonna say, "Listen, we might was gonna get something for them right now." The, the draft is approaching. The Texans they don't have no no first. They don't have no picks. They don't have a lot of picks this year. I don't think they have a first. So the Jets can give them two those two firsts or, or those two set. they can give those give them those picks. I think the Jets. I think they're gonna do it. I think I think if, as we get closer to the draft within the next month or so, I think something's gonna happen there.
1: My question so is. My question would be though, why would you want to leave one losing team to another losing team? I mean, I mean, not to say the Jets are going to make the super bowl next year, but I mean, they have a lot of work to do. I mean, a new uh, head coach, Robert Sala, I mean, he's got to fix the mess that Adam Gase left them. Um, I mean, the only, the logical destination would be, uh, the Miami dolphins. I mean, obviously there's been multiple, you know, speculation r- reports leaking out of Miami about Tua you know, being, or practicing hard. Um, not understanding the playbook, and we've seen. Well, we've heard some comments, right? When you know uh, players are being asked from Alabama who they Alabama. prefer to play with, Mac Jones or Tua Tungavaioloa, and most of them are saying Mac Jones. So, I mean, to me, that just kind of seemed like a better situation with the Texans. You you get some draft picks back, you get a, a potential franchise quarterback there in uh, in Houston, and I think that's the probably the most likely destination if this were to happen. Shit
0: check this out I got a I got an interesting um story for you right here uh, interesting idea um and I, I was listening to my, to my show earlier and they brought they said John McClain, he I mean, he's a with John McClane, I think he reports for the Houston Texans, yeah and he said that he's been hearing that the um the text since when JJ watt went to the Cardinals whatnot, went to the Cardinals and whatnot that broke the idea of the Cardinals mm-hmm. sending Kyla Murray to the Texans for, in, in some picks for Deshaun Watson. Now it's just it's just something that John now John McClain listen, listen to now John McClain he's a, he's a well known reporter for the Texas and when he talks I know I, I tend to listen I really, I've always respected John McClain and he said that um, it brings up the question should the Cardinals even approach the Texans and, and reunite and Deshaun Watson with with his former receiver, um DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona and, and and that'll bring um Kyler Murray to Houston. You know he's from the Texas area. So I actually, I thought of, I was listening early. I was working. I said, "Hey, that's not." But it would, it would be. It won't just be a play for player trade. They would actually, they would want picks. So I don't think the what would turn down Kyler Murray and two first round picks. Yeah. I like it. I like it though.
1: That that's funny you bring that up because I actually was talking to Parker Hall of our uh, football network uh, when J.J. Watt got traded. I told him, "All right, the only thing that's left to do is trade for Deshaun Watson."
0: Right. I can actually see this. I can see this happen. I can actually see it. Because it works out supposed like you get to reunite Deshaun Watson with um with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, and then Kyler Murray comes he comes to um comes come to Texas where where he's from, he's from the Texas area. So I, I would I mean, but it, like I said, it wouldn't just be a player for player trade because you can't just trade Deshaun Watson for Kyler Murray straight up. Kyler, Kyler Murray is nowhere near Deshaun Watson. I don't think he would ever be Deshaun Watson. What would Deshaun Watson can be, I don't think so. So it would be it would be Kyler Murray in in some picks, maybe two ones or something like that. That's what I think it'll be. And, I, and if you're the Texans, how can you turn that down? All
1: right, next quarterback. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, report actually came out, I believe it was today or yesterday, that the New England uh, Patriots' plan A was to trade for Jimmy G. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Let's start with Kendall, the Patriots fan.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's a great idea for the Patriots. I think... I actually think this deal could could happen. Um, one of my favorite buddies that I follow from the page, from Patriots Network, Evan Lazar, he's very well credentialed and he knows when he talks. I, and I tend to listen to. He came out with that. He said that the Patriots they they they're trying to get Jimmy G. They're trying to get the deal done, but they w- but he would not be if Cam Newton is back with the Patriots. So w- what I'm saying is, I think that um I think this deal I can see the Patriots making this deal. And maybe it be like a player for player. Um, look, look, how about trading Stephon Gilmore to the 49ers? because of San Francisco, for they have a need at corner. Richard Sherman being out, he he's gone, and and and, and um the Patriots get Garoppolo. So it's a trade for trade. I mean, I mean, the, I think it's, the, the thing about Garoppolo is, is can he stay healthy? He couldn't stay healthy when he, when he started for the Patriots. He started three, he started three games. His second game, he got hurt against Dolphins. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. And I definitely could see this trade happen. I mean, it works out for both the Patriots need the quarterback, and the Patriots they got pretty good depth at corner in the forty nine. They need they need a the corner, so let's see. I, I think I think I would love to see it. I think it happens. I think it may happen.
2: Yeah, anything is possible, right? I think that that's the one thing that we've learned with the NFL. I mean, they pulled off a miraculous season in a, you know, and and uh, what oh. Uh, one of the most infamous years, for lack of better terms, right? I think uh, 2020 was a very difficult year for a lot of people, and the NFL still managed to pull a season out and a Super Bowl and Pro Bowls and stuff like that. So when you stop, you look at the big picture, I think anything is possible. But when it comes to Jimmy G, I mean, people want to automatically put on there that he understands the Patriot way and it's not too big for him. And I think Kendall said a couple of things, a couple of things there. I think he said, I mean, number one, he didn't, sh- he couldn't stay healthy. I mean, they really needed him last year. They needed him, they needed him the, what was it, the first year. So, I mean, you got injuries that are piling up. I think that, uh, yeah, we saw Cam. Cam had some games where he looked good. And he had like one game where he looked like, he was catching on, and then the rest he struggled, and uh, so I think anything is possible. I think if Jimmy G comes back, I think it 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 definitely would it would definitely give them a sense of comfort, right? Because they basically groomed him for the first three years of his of his uh, career. But if I'm if I'm the Patriots, I'm going to go ahead and just bank on it and just run with uh, Cam Newton one more time. And uh, forget all this nonsense of bringing back Jimmy G. And I mean, it's like, it's like that old saying when they say, you know, about a girl, right? You know, whether it be a girlfriend or an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend or even a girl, right? Like, I'm, I'm, and I'm referring to me because I'm a guy. You know, if, if, they, if they break your heart or let's say they ghost you. And then later on, they see that you're doing good and they come back and they want to come back into your life. Obviously, obviously they've shown somebody has shown you who who they are, who their real who who their real colors are. So, I mean, it's insane.
0: Could you could you imagine the storylines if Jimmy G goes back to New England, Tom Brady returns, the Buccaneers play the Patriots next year in New England next year? And I think I don't know when it probably will be no more than long, it's gonna be Sunday Night Football. Five. Yeah, yeah, that has to be. Could <laughs> you um, imagine I mean what better way for Bill Belichick and the Patriots to to to, to run it back this year? Tom Bray, hey, he, he went to Tampa's first year won Super Bowl. Okay, we see what Belichick did last year. They didn't even make the playoffs, but then now Belichick gets a full offseason. He gets free agency. He gets to get he gets to get his quarterback back. Because you remember Belichick, he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to get rid of Garoppolo. So oh just, could you could you imagine the views and the storylines for that game? Like sure. it would be through the it would be like Peyton Manning returning to Indianapolis for the first time. Nah, man. It would be, be, big, be bigger than that.
2: The Patriots already know who he is. Every, the whole NFL knows who he is. Like, why would you go back if you already know what he's going to give you? Yeah. Think about it.
1: Well, I mean, let's not forget how Kendall was saying. Uh, Bill Belichick did not want to yeah. trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Be, yeah, he he, to get rid he of, of Tom. Want Yeah, he wanted to get rid of Tom. So, we'll see. Definitely interesting. I mean, with the 49ers, Jimmy G is probably their best option unless the quarterback falls to them in the draft. Um we'll we'll see what happens with that. But let's stick with the with the New England connection. Cam Newton obviously last year with New England, very I would say pretty disappointing uh season with the Patriots. Uh he was doing okay and then he caught COVID and then he just never seemed to catch back up. So let's start out with Kendall. Where do you see Cam Newton I playing think, next year?
0: I got a feeling it's gonna be with the Patriots. But I think he should. I think the best fit for him is to go pair it with Riverboat Ron uh, and 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 play with play for the Washington team. I think that team. I mean, they, they could add a few pieces there. They just, they just got rid of Alex Smith, and I think. I mean, and even if they do sign Cam, they still can draft a quarterback. I'm not just saying Cam is your future, but just they could they could sign um Cam Newton, and I think it's a match made in heaven. I thought it was going to actually happen last year. But I think it's I think it's a match made in heaven. Um Cam would probably I seen a report with Cam say he would love to go back to New England and he would love to be paired back with Ron Virk. So I think those are the two options. When you look at it, he's not gonna have a lot of options on the table, really. He's he's really not. There's only like a handful of teams that, that would probably sign up to sign camp. But I think um they'll sign him. I think he's gonna go to Washington and they they get him get him some weapons or whatnot. That Washington, that team is ready, ready to win now the defensive side of the ball. But they need a few more weapons on offense, and I think um, that's a great fit for and Washington.
2: I see the I see where you want to put the the, um, you know, where you want to link them. But in reality, I, I think it was Ron Rivera and the offensive coordinator that didn't want Camden anymore. So I I mean I don't I don't foresee that happening. Now I did I I will say this. Shut up! I am athlete. Um, they are a great podcast. I think if you're not if you're not tuning into theirs, there's theirs strictly on YouTube. But when we listen to Cam Newton. I mean, even Cam Newton said it was a surreal moment when he got sick. He had to set up those two weeks, and it's just like uh, you know, it's just like if somebody I don't know how he explained it. How did he explain it? He said like if you're running with somebody and you tell them you'll catch up with them, but you stop to tie your shoes. I don't, I forgot the analogy he used, but it was really good.
1: He just he fell behind, like he and he can he was never able to catch back up.
2: So I think that he says now that he understands the actual Patriot way, he says that he could do he could he know he believes in himself that he could fit in very well in the Patriot way. So I mean, ideally, I think if I'm the Patriots, I bring him in because honestly, you're going to get the same kind of if you don't get Jimmy G, whatever quarterback you bring in, you're going to have the same kind of groin pain. And since you already had Cam Newton already kinda under that, you know, under the Patriot way and understand how they run business, I think this is be ideal and perfect for him.
1: Yeah, I think Cam's either gonna be back in New England or I think he might be in Chicago next year.
0: Um well let, yeah. let me let me ask y'all this. Do y'all think while we're on the Cam Newton subject, with better weapons, would that help Cam Newton tremendously? I mean could could we say listen, I'm a fan and I watch every play of the game and I've seen I think last year where it wasn't really a talent it wasn't really the talent thing. I mean he had he had receivers running wide open and he just couldn't hit him at times. I've seen I've seen this at least twice in every game. So I mean do so do you think it's a weapon thing for him to be back in New England and, and, and then automatically Cam was gonna be throwing 30 touchdowns again? Or do you just think I mean maybe Cam was was, was, Rita, was the problem.
1: No, I mean, I don't think Cam was the actual problem. I mean, I think uh, you know not having an off season to learn, the playbook and whatnot, and especially working with Josh McDaniels, um that definitely affected him. But also him getting sick. But, I mean, the lack of weapons that the Patriots had, I mean, come on. Let, let's be honest. I mean, he would throw balls, and sometimes the receivers wouldn't catch him to kill Harry. Humongous disappointment, I would say. So, Kendall, I don't know what your thoughts are on uh, his uh, playbook. Yeah. Not to
2: mention your yes. offensive line going down, too.
1: Yeah, I mean and they had and, a lot of yeah. COVID and, after, and, and after then the
2: defense out, outs, Yeah.
1: So, I think Cam still has something, um, still has something left in the tank. So we'll see where he plays next year. Yeah, All we'll right, see. Ben. That's ben Roethlisberger. The Patriots, ben. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. So one thing with the Patriots, we never know what to expect with them, but we'll see shortly.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. So obviously it looks like he's going to come back for one more year. He took, a, a, I would say, a pretty significant pay cut. Um, what do you guys feel about the move? Do You guys felt that maybe should have moved on, or you guys are okay with Ben coming back?
0: Well, I like it in terms of like I say, it's one year. I mean, just they're 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 more than likely ninety-five percent they're moving away from it after this year. Um, I think the Steelers they got to kind of look at what um the Buccaneers did with Brady. Big Ben can no longer lead a team. I mean, those four or five wide, that they, they, they ain't they, they, they need to get away from that. Run the football. When you think of the Pittsburgh still, you think of physical defense and just physical running the football. Um, in the first round, go ahead and, and take a, um, Najee Harris from Alabama. That's what you need. You need a big bat. Uh, James Connor, he's probably going. It looked like Juju, Juju Smith, Smith he may be gone. Who knows? But I, I got a feeling they go, They probably friend try to bring him back. Um, they, they, they got a bunch of – they're going to lose some guys. And they might cut Joe Hayden, but I think they got to build this team around um, Big Ben for one more year. And I think they definitely can. I think they could do some. I think Ben has a little bit left in the tank. I think, um, like my buddy Shannon Short said, the check engine light is on. It's, it's, it's flashing for Big Ben, and they just trying to get a They're just trying to get out what they can get out of. It. He's he's damn he's near done. But I think I think they they got to get the defense is not going to get nowhere. They're going to be they're going to be a whole lot better on defense. They they got Devin Bush Devin Bush coming back. Maybe they can re-sign Bud Dupree, but I think he's good as gone. Um. And I think if they, they continue to build on defense and they get a running game for Ben, cool. um and I think they'll be all right. They're still they're good at drafting Wide receiver Clay, Chase Claypool being a second year, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, and like I said, who knows what they do with Juju. But I think um if they put the right piece around Ben for one more year, um I think I think he could do something. But yeah, he I think Ben's done after, after this coming season. Because the divisions get better. The Bengals they're not going to where the Browns are gonna be there and the Ravens are gonna be there. Bravo, man,
2: bravo to Big Ben. What a career that he's had and what great leadership that he showed, right, Uh, and and taking the pay cut to ensure that the uh, Steelers uh, have one more year to get things situated, right, bring in a quarterback that will take over for Big Ben and allow them to, to like what Kendall said, bring in the most important people to uh, stay on the team, right? And, you know, they got to hit on all their draft picks because it's about, you know, getting this team – uh, you want to reload this team. You don't want to rebuild this team. So, uh, if anything, I'd just say, uh, wow, with Big Ben, what a great leader, uh, what a great quarterback, and what a great career overall.
1: Yeah, I still I, – I believe they're going to draft a quarterback in in the draft and when training camp hopefully it does happen and whatnot. Um, not saying it will be an open competition, but, I mean, we might see a situation where if Ben looks really bad and this young quarterback comes out and he's playing well, I mean, Ben's job might be on, you know, on the line at that point. So we'll see. I don't know. And now they
0: we'll did sign see... Dwayne Haskins, but just to say they did sign Dwayne Haskins in the offseason. Why we talk on a quarterback for the Steelers?
1: Yep, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Dwayne can push for a starting job. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. I believe Dwayne Haskins is more like a—he's like some clay, right? And then you have to mold it. He's not a finished product yet. So that's oh, the way that sure. I see Dwayne. And now we see the, the, the last quarterback that we're going to talk about is one that we actually talked about before we take a little break, Russell Wilson. As you guys can recall on the last episode of the East West Football Podcast, uh, he talked to Dan Patrick, and he had a very interesting interview. Pretty much didn't sound like he was happy with Seattle. Well, now report, multiple uh, reports have came out uh, saying that Russell Wilson is not happy in Seattle, and he has not asked for a trade. But he does have four different teams in mind, uh, Las Vegas, New Orleans, Dallas. But obviously, we know now, now that's not going to happen. And then Chicago. So it looks like Chicago is going to make a strong push to trade for what, uh, Russell Wilson. So let me get your guys' thoughts on that. Do you guys think he's going to stay with Seattle this year or he's going
0: to get traded? He'll, he'll be with Seattle for this year. But after after um, it, it's it's just very rare to see this coming out of Russ Wilson or whatnot because he's not he's kind of he's not quiet but he's kind of laid back. You know he's always saying go Hawks at the end of all his interviews and whatnot. But I think he, 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 nothing's gonna happen this year unless somebody just come with a crazy offer, maybe like like the Chicago Bears or something like that. But I don't think nothing happens this year. I think after um after this year. After this coming season or whatnot, I think we can reveal the conversation and it's more likely after this year. But just this Seattle thing is getting ugly. It, it, it's, it's, it's messy right now. But I, th- I think they're going to repair it. I don't think it's, it's bad. I don't think it's it's, it's going to get no more worser. But I think it's bad right now. But I think they're they going to they gonna mend the fences and wrestle with will hippie he'll be fine for this year. Man, I mean, it's so sad, right,
2: because, I mean, Russell Wilson has basically done it all by himself. I mean, we've seen him run around. uh, I mean, make, just make crazy plays, whether on his feet or with his arm. I mean, I I understand. I mean, that's the one thing that this team, that the Seahawks has failed to do in this last three years is, is really focus on the offensive line and, I mean, I know they they've, they've taking chances here and there on the offensive line, but they were missed. But I mean, it's just like a quarterback. If you keep on drafting a quarterback and you're not getting the a, a franchise quarterback, you got to keep on drafting that quarterback until you hit that franchise quarterback. Same thing goes for any position. I mean, if you drafted a certain an offensive lineman, you know, two seasons in a row and you got it bad, that doesn't mean you don't you give up on that offensive line. You surround your quarterback. You protect them. You prolong his career. I mean, he, he'll he be able to give you another three, four years of great play, you know, blue chip type play if you were to do it. So if anything, I don't see him going anywhere, number one. That's the first thing. Number two, I think that if anything, it was just one of those things to like, kind of like make sure that the, that the brass is listening and gets him the help that he needs so he can make the plays that he does all season long.
1: Well, I mean, the brass, I mean, it would just be Pete Carroll because he's obviously the one that's in control of everything in Seattle since Paul Allen died. I mean, the sister took the ownership of the team, but she's not really involved. Um, I just think it's a bad situation overall, and I I feel like Russell Wilson will be traded, and I'll go out and I'll make a bold prediction. I think it's going to end up being traded to the Chicago Bears. Mm. I really do. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's job is on the line. I, I think so because Matt Nagy's job is online. Same thing for Ryan Pace. They need a win, and they need a win now. They don't have a quarterback. We saw some reports possibly Khalil Mack being traded to Seattle. We'll see. But I'll go ahead and make this bold prediction. I think Russell Wilson will end
2: up in Chicago. Hey, shut
0: up. Better uh, chance, better chance of getting traded this year. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. De- well, <laughs> Deshaun out, Watson. Shout out to
2: uh to our two Bears native uh Bears fans, right? Uh, Blue. Ooh, uh, um, and uh, Isaac Durham. So uh, if you guys get this, oh my goodness, they're going to be aesthetic.
1: If you guys are hearing this, um, I hope that you have your fingers crossed and you're hoping that I'm right because then at that point you will have a franchise quarterback. <laughs> and that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com.
2: And live in a life by your own design.
3: Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success.
0: This is Unapologetically Fab,
3: an Electric Cast production.
0: See you there.
1: Electric Cast.
0: Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast.